uh, you know, we had the presidential debate this week, and you can't see it, but I'm doing some quotes with my fingers. And oh, we news, can see it. Oh, we can see those quotes. <laughs> Tone means everything in radio, you know? Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Dave. Thanks for joining Bob and I for our podcast, Thriving in Dystopia. And even though we always try and be professionals, sometimes we swear. So just know that going in. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. Two can be as bad as one. It's the loneliest number since the number one. Yeah. Dum, 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 dum. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good start, Dave. Yeah, thanks. Do you remember when Ian Carbone made the one video? I'll never forget. Oh, my God. I just feel like, what if... Carbone posted that to YouTube and it just went viral. Like it it feels like it had the potential to be a viral video, you know? Yeah, it did. If only TikTok were around. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh, there was that epic dancing at the end and just that it was too much. Yeah. Well, hopefully Carbone can post it so we can link everybody um he i think he like ended up sewing a giant number one suit the one suit he took it to call he took it to college with him and he like would be known as the guy the one in the in the stands (laughs) (laughs) were you in that video dave were you an extra yeah i i I, for some reason i dressed up like scorpion from mortal kombat (laughs) Mm. <laughs> oh right, I was doing because I had just done my Mortal Kombat video. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. It was a pretty epic video. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's how it all is. We were all in everyone's videos. You know what I mean? Yeah, those are the good old days making videos in high school. Yeah, hopefully Ian can get us that video. We can put it in the show notes. Yeah, someday. Get after us, Carbone. Get after us. Tweet us. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet us, Carbone. <laughs> uh, well, how you doing today? Dave, it's October 1st. Ooh. New month. And my God, we've just got so much to deal with, you know? Um, I'm doing pretty well myself. Staying positive and um, just getting after it. But, uh, you know, we had the presidential debate this week and you can't see it but i'm doing some quotes with my fingers and oh we news. can see it oh we can see those quotes <laughs> tone means everything in radio you know oh yeah some some might say that was the second worst thing that happened in cleveland this week <laughs> yeah there was i don't know if our fans know or our listeners know but there was a another train wreck that night in which the Cleveland baseball team gave up 12 runs to the New York Yankees. Oh, just another another New York debacle. Yeah, it was. Anyways, um, you know, I'm podcasting from in a not my typical sound studio. I'm in my house. You remember last week in the garage? Well, it's not that week this week because the air, air is toxic again. 
in oh, California, no. we have another fire um, outside of Santa Rosa. So we're in the red again. So, yep. Um, you know, nothing, nothing stops with this year. Um, but yeah, kick it over to you, Dave. How's your week? Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, October 1st and we like, I'm just like picturing skeletons dancing around a fire right now. I believe tonight is also a full moon, right? Um, which makes some sense that things are not quite aligned. We will have two full moons in the month of October. And the next full moon is going to come really close to Halloween. So it's going to be a blue moon, right? When you have two full moons in the same month. And the world is always talking about how, like, part of the reason Halloween is such a, has like that sacred feeling to it is because it's when spirit world is closest to our world. And Halloween has like oftentimes been celebrated on the full moon closest to the end of October. And I feel like, I feel like the moon, like, is that way to like open up the door and you know our dad passed away in october it it feel it felt like a fitting month i mean partially because he just hated the winter and it was like so nice that he got to have a really nice um last summer you know and pass away before he had to live through another winter which can be rough when you're like your like soul joy is like riding your bike you know i don't know i just have these like memories of when dad passed away i was working at a farm in oregon and i would i like went up to the mountains and i made a an offering box on the full moon and it was just like a pretty magical night so anyways yeah i that is all just to say that i could not sleep last night i was just like lit up like a candle as i am on full moon and i'm just like taking everything in you know and it's hard it's hard i feel like the the veil has been lifted and we have a a month of the spirit world with us and hopefully we can turn things around because we need it right now we need a lot of help yeah we really do it's a do or die time you know and the veil is lifted on you know this country as well and i think you're alluding to the the election coming up as well so my God, it, it is definitely going to be quite an October. The ghosts will be haunting. The demons will be out. And let's get our candles, Dave, because it's going to be quite a month. It really will be. Ooh, well, dang, Bob. I'm, um, we were commenting how much we loved having Dave in the sound studio the last few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he was just like such a pleasure. Just like having him just like whenever either one of us ends up, um, you know, having to take a week off, he's our guy. He's going to slot right in, especially, you know, if I, if I need a week off, just plug another Dave in, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I just, it'll be no switch for me, you know, just (laughs) David out of my mouth. (laughs) Yeah. A Colorado Dave at that. Oh, that's true. Man, can't beat it. I gotta find me a California Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta I gotta yeah. let you know we we are few and far between, even though there's thirty eight million Californians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bobs feel like they probably all migrate to the north, to the cold. Just get get you in Minnesota, you know? Absolutely. Yep. 
Yeah. There's, there's actually somehow more Bobs in North Dakota than there are in all of California. Yeah. Well, you know, it's because all the all the Bobs in California, they end up becoming Robbies, you know? Hey, Robbie! <laughs> in fact, uh, I went down that road myself, but that's a yes. whole other story. <laughs> oh, man. That's a basket of worms. Yeah, that is. Uh, that's not an expression. That's smooth as beans. <laughs> <laughs> now that is an expression. Al, you can quote me on that. Look that one up. If <laughs> yep. show notes team, get the show notes crew going in on that. Heck of a team. Heck of a team. But anyways, I the whole, I digress because I wanted to give a nod to Harris and also just be like, yeah, I'm also excited to get back onto the topic at hand, which is the separation and getting back after it a little bit and seeing. Yep. I guess one thing I wanted to check in with you about Bob is how you've been doing on. Like uh, separation a little bit. Have you? Has it been in your mind a little bit more? That was one of our goals. Yeah, it has been. Um, I I think about it a lot since we've been. I mean, it, of course, it's like just a part of our reality since the pandemic. But then I I think about it in those terms since we started season three. You know, without giving too much away, because a lot of my thoughts go toward the. The topic that we're going to get into tonight, but also at the same token, like the first three weeks that we did of this season, you know, we've gotten some feedback from listeners and yeah, I think it has been something, it's stirred something in listeners, you know, I, you know, actually like none of the listeners have been like, Hey, right on. Like you, you, you guys got it right. <laughs> Haven't heard that. However, it's more like, <laughs> well, well, we rarely hear that one. Don't do we, yeah, Bob? I feel like we, we rarely hear that one. <laughs> They're like, you really stirred the pot on that one. <laughs> and here's some, uh, a few other thoughts that you, you probably should have brought in, <laughs> which yeah. is great. I really do appreciate that. I really, I love that. Um, so no, I'm, it's all to say it's, it sparked something and, and that, that's what it's all about. So yeah. How about for you, Dave? Yeah. It's definitely been on my mind and finding, finding that separation is not easy and finding those that idea of forgiveness that which sort of came across those last two weeks i feel like like my praxis like i kind of like to listen to things and then put what i hear um into praxis you know or like put put into action you know and i feel like one of the hard things right now is it's hard to put much on like on a personal note it's hard for me to put much into praxis and i'm really like really striving to do that as much as I can. Um, but a lot of my like life right now is kind of set out and that's always a really hard thing to do when you kind of feel, um, and I know like so many people, everyone's had this feeling where it's like, you just kind of feel like everything's already written in stone. You know, that's a tough feeling when you don't have any wiggle room to like have adventure and fun and love and excitement and, well, you can have all those things too when it's all written out, but I guess I feel like, yeah, I just feel like I know what, like if you ask me what I'm doing, like, you know, Wednesday in February at like 2.15, I could tell you what I'm doing, you know, and I could tell you what I'm, what I'm going to eat for breakfast almost, you know? But yeah, what I'm hearing is like between your job and the pandemic, your life is very routine. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I think I need that too, though, right? Uh, any any first year teacher would say like, 
you need what you can get. And that is just like sleep, love, and food. You know what I mean? That's like, and if you can get anything else besides that, you're doing great. But um, yeah, I'm, right now I'm basically getting, you know, hanging out with Julie for my love and podcasting with you and um, trying to see mom, but that's not happening as much. And then it's just like, yeah, just like eating and sleeping. So, and you know, really my running has been the thing. That's like my one thing that's like, that moment of excitement. So yeah, I'm hoping that everybody has that thing going on right now because that's like the most important thing. What what can you make that time for, you know? Yeah. We need freedom. We need like a break and spontaneity as well. And that yeah, I feel you on that for sure. Anyhow, Robbie, I was just uh <laughs> nice. Uh just wondering um how we're gonna start this one off. I'm gonna spoil what we're gonna talk about now. We are really curious to sort of delve into this idea of solitude. I feel like when you think of separation, it's this idea of moving away and it's this idea of being apart, you know? One thing that I'm feeling really strongly about is like this idea of solitude. Part of the reason we were singing that song at the start was because there's this feeling of loneliness that is mixed with solitude and we I I think we kind of want to try and delve into this loneliness, solitude, hodgepodge of a smorgasbord, you know? I do. Yeah, that's well said, Dave. I, For me, this topic, solitude versus loneliness, uh, was brought to my attention by a grad student, Gina Thomas, a few years ago, where she contrasted, you know, put a person by themselves in like their bedroom or something like that. And depending on both psychological and social conditions, what seems exactly the same could be experienced as solitude, which is actually like a nourishing, important, and like regenerative state versus loneliness, which is sort of takes away, it can be depressing and, um, but it looks exactly the same. So, so why, what's going on to contrast or to have this person experience solitude versus loneliness? And I thought we could get into, you know, how that happens for people. I think it brings up some, some interesting questions that ultimately go back to separation. Yeah, I thought we might start out with both of us giving one or more examples of solitude versus loneliness in our lives. Yeah, does that sound like a good place for you, Dave? And if so, did you want to start with one example? Yeah, perfect. Um, I think maybe as I think of that word solitude, I always come back to these. I've only really experienced it twice in my life, like this feeling of real solitude where like where I like really delved into it and felt it. Um, and it's the first time I felt it was in Peru. I was traveling with Julie. We were just starting to date, to be honest with you. This was like eight years ago. We were going on our first trip together. I had, right before we left, I just got this crippling back pain. Our dad died in October and in December, I like just my back was done and I was just like crippled to the point where I spent all of December just on the floor. And I had to write a lot of grants that, that December. So I was writing grants on the floor and I was pretty, 
it was a pretty painful time, but I still like really wanted to travel with Julie and I was like trying really hard to recover by then. And it just wasn't happening. So we had we had booked a trip to hike the Inca Trail to Machu Picchu. So it's like a was like a five day trek. It just I had to bow out, but Julie still really wanted to do it. So she's like, I think I'm gonna do it. And I was like, that sounds good. I'm just gonna like stay here in Cusco, live live the life of just like being by myself in a foreign country, which is always a hard feeling. And I remember the day she left, I ended up getting just so sick. So I basically checked into a hostel and I didn't leave the room for like three days. I, my back was done. I was, had this like really bad fever. I was just like laid up. I would leave once a day to go get like provisions. So I'd get like lunch and some like snacking food so I could like snack throughout the day. It was this time that I was just like needed because I needed to find some healing. And I remember most of that time I was just like looking at the ceiling and thinking about our dad, just like talking to him and having like a lot of sadness, but also just like needing to like be there with him and be present. And yeah, it could have easily turned into this feeling of just being all alone and fear, but it really turned into this feeling of like, I am exactly where I need to be. I don't know. Yeah. Whenever I think of solitude, I think of that week that I spent in Cusco trying to heal my back and heal my soul. That's a harrowing story. And I remember when you were there, you know, because Cusco is so far away from here and, you know, you, you were in so much pain, the most pain I've seen you be in um yeah you know i was saying that solitude has a degree of nourishing or um something positive and would you say that you felt that there yeah it wasn't until later that i got what i really needed but i think the groundwork started to be laid during that time for me like i just needed to like confront how i like losing our dad and what it meant and have this like I needed some catharsis and I knew that that was like starting to happen there, but I couldn't, I couldn't quite approach it yet. You know, I wasn't quite ready, but yeah, it was, I knew that when I looked to my healing, that's the, that's the week that it started when I looked to my back pain healing that, um, yeah, seems like you and I were both really known for, and it seems like it hasn't affected us much in the recent years. And yeah, I think a lot of that is due to the fact of us like, trying to confront the pains that we have, the emotional pain that we carry with us. That's powerful, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that story. Yeah, maybe I'll give a little on solitude and then we can both go to loneliness. Yeah, so when I think of solitude, actually, I think of experiencing solitude a lot. And for me, I really like um, being alone. And when I can get alone, you know, because I was reflecting on how often can I get alone? Do I like it when I'm alone this week? And I think to myself, yeah, I I like it quite a bit. I try to get some solitude every day. Yesterday, I went on a long bike ride, like a 12-mile bike ride. And for me, that was solitude, Um, you know, even though I'm in the world and um, seeing people. But I got to be with myself and 
yeah, I just really enjoy being alone. And it's always regenerative or almost always regenerative and yeah, nourishing to me. So I guess a story around it maybe is interesting. When I think about a story, I go to Northern California in 2008 and to, uh, I think it was called Humboldt State Redwood Park in like very Northern California. And there are some ancient beautiful redwood trees there. It's like Santa Cruz, some of the Santa Cruz redwood forest, but just bigger and just somehow more, you feel the ancientness of the redwoods there. And I was there with Nick, our our good buddy, Aloysius Cantrick. And he, we were there together and it was raining and it felt like solitude, even though I was with Nick. So I think also solitude can be experienced with other people. But for me, that's like, oh, that was a very solitude experience. So I'll stop there. Yeah. Give you a chance to respond or we can also talk about loneliness. Yeah. I just want to send a shout out to Jen Grilly. I don't remember if we ended up cutting that part that one week where my audio was so bad, but... She always is cracking up. She's like, man, Nick Cantrick gets mentioned like every fucking episode. And <laughs> what, what do I got to do to get a mention out here? So every time I think about Nick getting mentioned, I'm just like crack up thinking about Jen sitting there fuming. Um, <laughs> uh, we love you, Jen. You're the best. We do. And yeah. Anyhow, um, where was I? Oh, yeah. I'm just curious. Like, yeah. What is that feeling like where solitude turns to loneliness or how do you turn those feelings? Like I'm also just like so curious because as we're talking about these words, like my head oftentimes goes to Spanish and in Spanish, Mm. loneliness and solitude are the same word. Right. Yep. You know, soledad, which is just like really, I feel like to me, solitude and loneliness, especially as we're like breaking it open, are like feel just so apart. Yeah. I think the like psychological experience, how the person experiences them are like opposite, but the sort of physical conditions can look the exact same from the outside. Mm hmm. Right. Yeah. It's there's something that happens in you, like where it clicks, or maybe we should, or do you have examples of you being lonely, Bob? You know, not really. Like I, I tried to think about like, when have I been lonely? I, I don't really feel like I experienced that. The thing that came closest for me was homesickness when Mm -hmm. I was in Germany for the first time, you know, when I was 19 and I was studying for a year there, I left you all, you know, my family and friends and that first week or two, I felt extremely homesick and I cried quite a bit. That's like akin to loneliness. I still didn't really feel lonely. I still felt surrounded by people. And I was also like, interestingly, I was like really excited and like, I was enjoying every day. It'd be like, I really enjoy every single day and then cry myself to sleep every night. Um, Mm. So I, I, I don't think that's loneliness. It's like, I still felt connected to you all. So for me, it's, I don't know if I really ever experienced loneliness. Yeah. I similarly have, I mean, 
that is my exact same story. Me going to Spain, traveling abroad in Spain, and at the age of 19, feeling this homesickness. That is like, and it, but also, yeah, there was that excitement. And it was because you like kind of dropped me off in Spain. You like came to Barcelona and we went down to Alicante and then you went to Germany. And when you left, that was when it like hit me hardest, you know? It definitely like changed as I like got to know people and felt like a little bit of like at home. Yeah. Again, it happened in Mexico for a little bit when I lived there by myself the first time. But I'm, yeah, it's not like a strong feeling. And I like, it's rare that you find me by myself. Like, I'm oftentimes with people, um, at least a person. I'm, you know, I mean, I think I wonder if the listeners out there, like, in that introspection, like, how much time do you spend by yourself, you know, in a given day? Mm -hmm. And is that enough? Is that enough? Like, do you crave more? Like, even if it's just like a bike ride or run by yourself, or do you crave less? I feel like maybe there's a piece of you and I that is a little bit pre-programmed to feel solitude as life-giving and not to feel loneliness, you know? Definitely, Dave. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I think part of it is, you know, extroversion versus introversion. I think that plays a role into it. And like, I know on those tests, I'm like right in the middle. Like I am like an ambivert. Like I like both. Um, so that that's probably part of it. And then I don't know. Yeah. Like, uh, upbringing matters and, um, like experiences with other people and then overall like connectedness. Like the, the thing is like, we're talking about being separated or alone, but the thing, I just don't feel alone, you know, like I feel connected to my loved ones, even when I'm like physically alone. And, and maybe that's what's at the core of this. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it is just a psychological thing too, right? Like maybe what we're getting after a little bit is like if you're contented in your being, if you are happy with yourself, then maybe it's something that you look forward to spending time with that person, you know? But if you are struggling or feeling depression or like, you know, if you've just had a loss, um, like a lot of those times, that's like when you're like maybe not wanting to be alone mm. because it's mm -hmm. like when you're alone, that's when the darkness can creep in, you know? Yeah. Maybe what it comes down to a lot. And it's like, as you started off with this psychology experiment, you know, maybe that's a, a lot of what is being measured in this idea of like, it's sort of like self-worth or um, self like health in some ways. Yes. Yeah. I think that is at least a big component. And I think trauma probably plays a role when you were talking about like being alone allows the darkness to creep in. And I'm thinking like another metaphor, which I used earlier, ironically, is like one's inner demons can come out. I'm actually really interested in this because I'm teaching a course called Peace Psychology this coming quarter. It's a course I really like teaching. And a lot of it is, examining big issues of, you know, 
where does violence come from and the ways in which social structures contribute to violence in society. But part of the course that I've, I've never quite gotten a handle on is, you know, I think one of the goals, sorry, one, one other thing I should say is part of the goals of the course is for the students to become sort of peace activists in their own life. Yeah, the, the part that I've never quite gotten a handle of is how do people sort of take a step towards that and work on social peace, you know, like activism and, you know, no justice, no peace, that, that part of it, but also their own peace. How do they work on, like at the same time, working on those inner demons? Um, and honestly, it's hard to find good literature in psychology that helps with that. So yeah, I, I don't know uh, if that takes us too far off off track, but um, no, I think at least at least Katie Gillespie will want to hear what you have to say. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if Katie has some references, I would I would really love them um, because like I think working on social peace and inner peace are the same thing. You know, they're very interconnected, but sometimes people can focus too, too much on one or the other, you know, like I know in activist circles, there are people working to change the world so hard because it's, it's partially motivated by the inability to, to face those inner demons, to sort of undo the trauma of, of something. Um, and, um, yeah, so and I know there's some good psychology out there. There's a great book called Trauma and Recovery. Yeah, I don't remember what that book says about like being alone and what to do when when being alone is turns into loneliness or even even worse, right? Like just like states of high anxiety. But yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just this is bringing up a lot for me um, in good ways, like uh, ways that I hope my students and I can can delve into together this quarter. Yeah, it definitely is something that needs to be delved into. Um and I'm also just like, yeah, I don't I don't have any of those answers like what you said. I also want to be clear a little bit too that like I don't think that just if you like if you feel lonely then you're like that doesn't necessarily or like if you don't get energy from being alone then that means that you have like um inner demons, you know what I mean? Yes, thank you. No, that's good to clarify. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm also just, yeah, there's definitely so many people out there that are just like people that, that they just like thrive. Like you mentioned how you're like a ambivert or something like that. You know, there's those extroverts that just thrive off being around people, you know, and like all, but when they're alone, it, it's like an energy depleting thing, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're like have inner demons that they need to work out, you know, but absolutely, I don't know. It, it was a path that I was curious to think about. And another, I mean, another path that, that I'm thinking about too is like this idea. I, I just don't remember the last time I was bored. And like when I think about this feeling of boredom, boredom t- tends to go with loneliness as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I feel like solitude is like the lack of boredom up while you're alone. Yeah. Um, like it's like, Solitude has this feeling of work and like, but you're alone, but you're working without doing anything. So it's like almost like the, I just think of it like a meditation retreat. Like we have a friend that did like six months of a silent meditation retreat. And like most of it was just like sitting in a room without doing anything. And um, this is Brit 
McManamy from our our wedding. Not Nick Cantrick. Not Nick. Not Nick. Yeah, I let it be known. Uh, Let it be known, Jen. (laughs) Um, And she, yeah, it's just like, can you imagine? That feels like that kind of feels like it could turn to boredom and loneliness pretty quick. Um, Yeah, and I think. I want to say like a huge factor is like now we're adults and now we're adulting and like we have stuff to do and bills to pay and, you know, car cars to fix and houses to paint and all that stuff. But it's like, I think a big, a big thing is that we're just constantly surrounded by technology. We don't have a moment yep. to feel bored because it's like, if we're feeling bored even for a second, then our phone is going to start buzzing and remind us that we have like, you know, some, something to scroll through or some game to play or whatever. And then, you know, it will will remind us of a Netflix episode that we need to watch. So yeah, I just feel like maybe this idea of solitude is being totally impacted by this idea of technology and connectedness, like this quote unquote, sorry, I don't even need to say it by this connectedness. There it is. Good tone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I would like to pick up on that. And there's such debate, you know, raging debate about like how how bad smartphones are and like overall technology are for for people and especially young people. Um, and it's an open question because I think I mean you usually the mainstream media portrays it as like it's definitely negative, and I would agree that there are some like negative health effects. I would also say that there's ways in which it's positive too. Um, for example, this podcast, you know, of course, couldn't happen without all the technology that we use. So it's it's always a complicated question. Um, while at the same time, I, I like your point a lot. There's just so much like cell phones just like flood us with diversion and entertainment. And I do think it makes a lot of sense to try to like be intentional with that, you know? And have like times where there's no cell phone or we turn our cell phones off or something like that. I I do think it can contribute in negative ways as well. That being said, it becomes even harder during the pandemic. I think technology has been a life source for some people. Yeah, maybe it's just that intentionality. Like what we do need is that those moments to bring into like we can't experience solitude without experiencing a lack of distraction and we can't do that without with cell phones all around us you know yes absolutely well dave we brought up a lot of questions didn't answer anything once again <laughs> um, yeah but that might be a good place to sort of leave it um yeah do you have any other burning questions comments no i'm i guess i'm thinking like what does what do we make of this you know on a personal level, I want to like make something of this, but I think that a lot of good stuff got raised of like, oh yeah, maybe it's been a while since, you know, you thought about putting your cell phone away for a day or not answering it or making intentional time um, to do, to be with yourself or to delve into who you are, you know? And maybe that's just what it is. It's like, because we're trying to separate from from a lot of the pain sometimes of the world. And to do that, 
it's the one of the best places to retreat to is into ourselves and hopefully we can make some space for that and i do love that word retreat as well um like to take a retreat to take a take time away from the doom and gloom and into the positivity because we need to separate from that and i think that's like a good maybe that's the lesson for me this week that we can because there is just so much of that of the bullshit out there that maybe we need to take to find some separation there so we're not just carrying that load with us and until we have a crippling back pain that we can't get get over you know absolutely yeah i think for our listeners i think maybe hopefully for me if like if one of the takeaways is like it's okay to be alone it's okay to take some space and time for myself that'd be great because i really do think that a lot of people have a hard time doing that um and i hope people here like it's it's certainly okay and sometimes necessary to do that and then your point around like and if some people don't like to do that and don't get fed by it then that's also totally good too and every person's so different with these things you know that there's just no one right answer here and yeah Love it, bomb. Uh, shall we head into the hot seat? Yeah, I got a great hot seat question for do- for you. It's a real doozy. Um, it is one that might be controversial. So, are you ready, Dave? Yeah. Um, I the way you said doozy there reminds me when I was doing my um, trivia show on YouTube for kids, and I just every question was a doozy of a question. You know. <laughs> probably why i said it yeah <laughs> yeah so i got a real doozy for you uh anyways yeah i i couldn't be more ready <laughs> okay dave okay so here it is your question is are you voting in this election and if so who are you voting for in the national election i am voting and i i also think it's pretty amazing like Man, you just like can't find a website or anything out there that doesn't remind you to check your voter status, you know? Like you can be looking at board games on some random website and it's like, "Hey, are you uh you a voter in Colorado?" Um which is pretty wild. Um and I haven't decided. I mean, obviously not Trump, um but I've never voted for a Democrat. I've always voted for a third party candidate. Um, but you know, I will probably end up voting for Biden this year. Um, I kind of, Oh, I don't know if that's true, but, um, I just feel like I want, I think the, I guess one feeling that I am thinking, like part of the reason I've often voted for third party candidate is because like the electoral college makes my vote more or less useless. Um, if I vote for a Democrat and because it's like, yeah, Obama's going to win Colorado. It doesn't even matter. Or, you know, um, voting in Vermont. Uh, yeah. So anyways, um, going back five steps, I think the, the majority matters this year. Like the more votes that Biden has. Even if, like, with all this electoral college bullshit that's happening, I think that having, and I do know that, like, if you were watching John Oliver this last week, he was talking about how states are, like, th- like thinking about maybe they might opt out of 
using the electoral college and they'll just go with like the majority vote of what the country says, you know, and if every state opted out, that'd be a one way to defeat the electoral college. So, um, yeah, I am leading that direction. Oh man, that was a hot one, Bob. <laughs> yeah. Um, Burning. I do. I do want to mention a few things that I'm tuned into. I know that section is so season two, but um, I just want to say that I caught up on my This American Life podcast this last week, and I went through like the last like five weeks of episodes, and I was like, man, this is they're just doing the exact same thing that Thriving in Dystopia is doing. Oh wow! They did like they did this whole like going back to school where they interviewed teachers and talked about what it's like back in school. You know, I was like, damn, that's what we did four weeks ago or five weeks ago, and then they did an episode about movies they just did like yeah. a whole movie episode yeah oh, that's ours that's ours come on they did they didn't get dave harris so oh, then that's uh, that i'd take ours any day of the week yeah um and then yeah i'm also watched uh the i think it's season nine of the great british bake-off and the first they're starting to roll those episodes out again and yes they're they did an isolation this year for 2020 to do the bake off. So they're in tent village and I just really love that show. It's a, it's a real doozy of a show. If you know what I mean? <laughs> I think doozy can mean just about anything to Dave Maisler. <laughs> yeah. True. Oh, Dave, I, I, a little bit of a spoiler here, but what did you think about that Tom DeLong cake that that one? <laughs> <laughs> I bet you didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Tom DeLong. What is a British like I don't even know how to describe the guy. Just like a straight edge British dude from the middle of nowhere is baking a Blink 182 cake about 45 <laughs> years after they were popular. It's just like, what are you doing, guy? Yeah, and like, how does he think so that's obscure. gonna impress Paul and Prue, right? <laughs> <laughs> Why Tom DeLong? Oh yeah, he's not even in Blink anymore. He's you know. No. Mark and Travis oh are, but t- yeah, anyways. <laughs> so wild. I know. It's just, it, it made no sense. I was like, what? Tom DeLong? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did like, I mean, it's just a great cast of characters. They nail it every time, yeah. you know? They did. Yeah. You you have any uh, early front runners that you're rooting for, Bob? Oh, man. Um, hmm. You know, I watched the episode last weekend and I kind of only remember, like in the first episode, I always remember like the shittiest bakers. Uh, I probably shouldn't call them that. Like the, the ones who are a disaster. But I, so yeah. Um, yeah. No one's standing out to me. I was like, going to win it this year. How about you? Yeah. Um, I guess the, the woman who won, um, the star baker of the week. I liked her and um, I thought she was fun to watch, but yeah, I always think on the first episode, like, man, these people suck. And then by the end, <laughs> you're like, Oh my God, these people are amazing. Yeah. They um, they improve a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I did like the guy. He was like an older gay guy that had a tie and he was very neat um, with his baking. And yes, 
um, but he was just epically behind on everything and <laughs> never never nailed anything. And he was just like drinking tea like constantly. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I enjoyed I that. I guess a he's lot. my he's my front runner right now. Nice. I think I think his name was Robbie. <laughs> That's kidding. right. Hey, Rob California yeah. Robbie. You know, now you're reminding me that young guy, he had like very blue eyes. I thought he was a talented baker. Do you remember that guy? Probably the youngest in the show. Oh yeah, he was. Yep. He mm-hmm. had like he was the one that was playing badminton with his brother in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> they both looked exactly like yeah, he was cute. I like that guy yep. a lot. Yeah. He was good. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll yeah. Sounds like we could have a Bake Off episode. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We'll see you in season four. Uh, Yeah. Great great British thriving in dystopia. (laughs) Oh man. All right, Dave. Do you want to hit us with the contacts this week? Yep. Um, I have 15 seconds starting right meow. Dave Peachtree at Gmail. That's the email. Bmaze19. That's the Twitter. Hit us up. Carbone. Thriving underscore thriving in thriving dystopia Instagram. I'm just going to roll right on through that. And thanks to the mixer for getting that website. Thriving in dystopia.com. Perfect. 15 seconds. Impressive. <laughs> you did it again. <laughs> oh, well let's cue up that music and get back to the old uh, Julie Peachtree signing uh, yeah. us out you know <laughs> lead us out Julie and Dave have, have a brilliant week may all your bakes turn out well and <laughs> do a little meditation for me yeah never a soggy bottom for you Bob love good, you man <laughs> love you too what's up driving crew Bob and Dave want to take a second to thank you for lending them your ears They also want to thank the artists for making everything a little more beautiful. The intro song is In Heaven by Drake Stafford. Our audio is edited by the consummate and dexterous Nadir Chayetch. Web design by Chris the Mixer Sawyer. And of course, visual art is by the prolific and enigmatic Joe Shine. Finally, the new outro song is today's special, Jam Tomorrow by Dr. Turtle. Have a good week and see you next Tuesday. (laughs) 